Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. It is time now for Market View here on Money FM 89.3. And in a while, we will talk about how Meta has copied <laughs> Twitter. But first, Closing Bell. Well, what's new? I really think Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg will head into that, uh, what do you call it, the octagon, Octagon, is it, for the the flight? Showdown. Okay, but here's a quick recap of how we started the day. Singapore shares actually opened little change today, falling overnight losses in Europe and a muted day in the US. Now, in early trade, the Straits Times Index was down 0.01% to 3,206 points after some 42 million securities changed hands across the broader market. Now, off to the closing numbers, the benchmark STI closed down 0.1%. We are looking at 3,203 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $607 million. Now, gainers outnumbered losers 276 versus 213. Top advances, Plato Capital, AEM SGD and IFAST. And top decliners, GMH USD, New Incorporation USD and Jardine Cycle and Carriage. Now, in terms of companies to watch today, we do have sets and sync. Uh, that's after news that both parties they are exploring a strategic partnership uh, with the potential establishment of an e-commerce transshipment hub here in Singapore. Now, elsewhere, from um, our local factory numbers, latest factory activity numbers to Hong Kong's aviation recovery and China restricting chip-making exports, we've got more international news and headlines for you, and not to mention Meta to launch Twitter-like app threats. Now, let's break down these developments with uh, Kelvin Wong, Senior Market Analyst at Oenda. Kelvin, welcome to the show. Thank you, and uh, good evening. Good evening. Great to have you on board with us. And let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the STI fare today? Uh, so, I would say that the STI, as usual, has been pretty much blockbuster. So, it's been trading much of a sideways range since uh, two and a half months. So, but uh, if you look at it, uh, momentum seems to be getting relatively weak as it's going to trace out lower highs uh, since 17th of April and it's going to trade below the 50-day and the 200-day moving average. Kelvin, any thoughts on Singapore's latest PMI and how that might have weighed on stocks today or even some of the biggest movers? Yes, definitely. So if you look at the PMI number, uh, the manufacturing PMI number, uh, to be precise, it's been relatively lackluster. So coming in at 49.7 for June, so that's slightly above concessions of uh, 49.5, uh, but it's still in contractionary mode uh, for the four consecutive months. So that actually translates to a kind of a very weak uh, lackluster external demand uh, put on a weight on uh, external demand team-related uh, stocks in the STI, where we start to see uh, Wilma SIA uh, underperforming the benchmark index today. Kelvin, uh, let's uh, focus in on Sats and Singpost, both mm-hmm. companies to watch after they yeah. uh, said they're exploring a strategic partnership in a potential establishment of e-commerce transshipment mm-hmm. hub in Singapore. Uh, what does yes. it say about uh, Singapore's logistics sector? Uh, yeah, so it's definitely uh, some uh, excitement to watch, especially for the business operation of Singpost. So as we know that in the latest uh, financial result of Singpost, uh, their previous uh, fiscal year ending uh, March uh, has kind of posted a, a first annual loss for their domestic uh, postal uh, business. So uh, that is couldn't be a that's not a surprise for Singpost to actually uh, venture uh, much more into this logistic business um, a business as per se. So in fact, is actually a motion in progress. 
So uh, around about two years ago, uh, Symbols brought over this uh, AU Fridge Management Holdings to actually branch into this uh, logistics uh, business model. And if you look at the start of this year in 2023, uh, Singapore actually uh, increased its stake in this AU uh, Fridge Management Holdings from an initial stake of 51% to 88%. And based on its latest uh, financial results of Singapore's, it did uh, clearly stated that uh, logistic business has started to have a more, more lion's share in terms of total revenue uh, contributed to Singapore. So that's about close to 70% versus a dwindling uh, amount of 30% uh, for the local postage uh, business. So that's definitely uh, something to watch out for uh, in the years ahead for this uh, tie-up between Singapore and uh, Stats to actually uh, gain into a kind of a mega house. Hmm. Okay, if you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Kelvin Wong, Senior Market Analyst at Oenda. And Kelvin, let's take a look at some of the regional and international mm. headlines making news today. Uh, China's commerce industry yes. said it'll control exports of some metals widely used in the semicon industry. Mm. And media reports say this really comes as Washington is mulling new restrictions on the shipment of high-tech microchips to China. Your thoughts on the impact this would have on AI chip makers, not only in China, but also in the US? Yes. Yes, precisely. So if you look at the latest uh, move from China, it's more like a tickle-tap uh, rectory move. So for sure, geopolitical uh, premium risk will actually uh, be on the rise due to this latest move by China. So, but what's interesting over here is that if you take a closer look at their individual uh, semiconductor sectors, both from China and US, so in fact, both of the sectors actually outperform their respective benchmark index. So you have the CSI, uh, all share semiconductor sector up 12% year to date, and you have the US uh, SOX SOSX ETF, uh, that's the benchmark ETF uh, for semiconductor stocks that most mark yeah. up by a tremendous amount. Set. So uh, both actually have different attributes uh, that actually causing to drive their outperformance. But what's interesting over here is uh, the one that is uh, kind of a way above their current five-year median uh, valuation will be the US semiconductor stocks. So some mm-hmm. of them are actually trading close to more than 2% weight. So given that this uh, huge uh, increase in, I would say that in, incremental uh, rise in geopolitical risk premium, uh, the one that could ha- get hit uh, much more pronounced, higher valuation uh, extreme, uh, which is the U.S. Mm. And meanwhile, um, Kelvin, let's set our sights further to look at Hong Kong. The International Air Transport Association, or the IATA, says Hong Kong's aviation sector will recover to pre-pandemic levels by the end of next year, which is uh, three years sooner than previously expected. Your thoughts on the uh, impact of Hong Kong's air travel recovery on the city's status as a key financial hub? Uh, definitely, it will be a kind of a, a rosy news uh, for Hong Kong as per se, as it's, uh, they don't forget over here, it's tied in also to uh, time uh, reopening from its uh, stringent uh, COVID-19 uh, measures mm. uh, since uh, October. So, and also when we look at uh, the current uh, state of the affairs in, in, in Hong Kong, it starts to actually embrace, uh, uh, we call it a lot of exhibition uh, in terms of their mind sector as well, uh, at the MICE uh, sector. So that actually gradually boosts uh, international travel towards Hong Kong. So uh, it's definitely pretty much uh, a rosy, uh, we call it uh, expectation from uh, the, the forecast as uh, per se from the aviation sector or the aviation authority in Hong Kong. 
Mm, and finally, a quick one before we let you go. Uh, we have this uh, Meta versus uh, Twitter kind of like a competition yes. here, rivalry, <laughs> if you will. Meta plans to launch this micro-blogging app, which is called Threads, and that's days after Twitter executive chair Elon Musk announced a temporary cap on how many posts users can read on Twitter. But the question really is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, we started with all those forums back in the early 2000s, and that's when, you know, Facebook, the Facebook format of social media eventually took over, right? Why are we moving back to the thread-like kind of platform back to the uh-huh. days of microsites. Sure, sure. Uh, maybe before we start over here, we've got to take a look at uh, the current situation right now because we mm-hmm. are being bombarded with lots of news and information from various social platforms. Uh, you can consume it from video format, you can consume it from text format, you see. Yeah. So, based on what consumer want now is uh, because in this kind of fast-moving uh, arena, we want fast and crisp and neat news. I mean, mm. snippets, yeah. So this is where Twitter actually benefited, uh, as per se, because we talk about the origin of Twitter is to actually uh, limit the amount of text format and uh, media. We talk about uh, infographics being posted in purpose. And you could actually uh, tweet it in a way that uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very nice uh, thread, T-T-R-E-T. Mm. Uh, so uh, that actually benefited from what you call that, especially breaking news. Mm. Uh, one of the example, I'm, I'm actually a big fan of Twitter. If you look at two weeks ago, we suddenly had this um, uh, sudden social unrest yep. in no, internal unrest in Russia. So at that point in time, uh, to get the fastest uh, news coming out from Russia, uh, me, myself, and my mates, we tend to go to Twitter and we tend to actually look at some of the uh, prominent uh, political commenter to actually uh, to see what's their view and the, the local news media over there that actually uh, uh, start tweeting out a very clear and concise uh, breaking uh, elements uh, mm. or breaking news that are out from this situation. Mm. So definitely, uh, yeah, because of this uh, uh, fast pace of uh, news, uh, news news format yeah. that is that's being witnessing and as well as there's too much information that, that we consumers consume so uh, there's actually a big push into an area now where we start to see a clear crease and what I call it uh, snippets of uh, news rather mm. than a lengthy kind of format so it seems but like a different business vertical compared to the typical social media that we consume the likes of TikTok and Instagram and as such right yes it's different mm. it's different okay. so I think now the big challenge for matter of here is that because how do we want to monetize this new uh, news outlet? You see? Mm. So uh, you talk about uh, five or six years back, uh, not even matter, even other uh, social platforms in US, they're being accused that they, they actually sold um, uh, users' data to third-party company for, mm. for revenue. You see? So I think that, that, that definitely, definitely is uh, a big no-no right now. So it's only that over here is that uh, definitely end users do not want to actually get bombarded with uh, unwanted advertisement as well uh, because yeah. we are because the reason why we are into this uh, format because we want uh, quick and faster free news okay so yeah it's a big challenge how, how a matter want to actually complement this uh, new uh, outlet uh, into yeah, maybe the metal, uh, yeah. we call it, uh, 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 model, yeah. Yeah, okay. Exciting days indeed from Meta, uh, we can, as we can imagine. Thanks a lot, Kelvin. That was Kelvin Wong, Senior Market Analyst at Oenda. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.